0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, July 7th. Boris Johnson announcing he's stepping down immediately as leader of the UK's Conservative Party, but will stay as PM. We got all the details from Global News Europe Bureau Chief Crystal Gumansing. Singh. For every minute that Toronto and Vancouver host World Cup soccer games, taxpayers will be on the hook for $644,000. We break down whether it's worth it with Jay Goldberg from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. The greatest outdoor show on earth is here and Calgarians are ready to get back to the Stampede, but what can businesses do? Ellen Parker, CEO and owner of Parker PR, joined us this morning to talk about maximizing team camaraderie, client relations and business development during Stampede. Hey, if you're looking to save some money and get the most bang for your buck at the Calgary Stampede. Our producer for Mornings with Sue and Andy, Reese Schaefer, did some research for you with a little help from Kristen Anderson, Manager of Communications and Media Relations for the Calgary Stampede. And every Saturday morning at 9.30am on 770 CHQR, Calgary Next speaks with the movers and shakers of the Calgary business community. This week, they're taking the show on the road and broadcasting live from Stampede. We'll talk all about it to co-host David Wallach. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced his resignation this morning after more than 50 members of Parliament resigned. With details, we're joined by Global News Europe Bureau Chief Crystal Guman, saying good morning to you, Crystal. Thanks for being with us. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay, a lot of controversy swirling around Johnson. What was the straw that finally broke the camel's back?
1: Well, it really was more of the same. What it came down to was uh, the British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, saying one thing, waiting a little bit, and then coming back and saying the absolute opposite. So a flip-flop, as some would say, or potentially lying. That's another way to, that's how we would normally use that phrase, so we wouldn't say flip-flop, would say he lied. Uh, and it was in regards to what he did or did not know in the timeline around Chris Pinterman he, that he made the deputy chief whip. Um, and it ended up that, you know, there was, you know, allegations of sexual misconduct with this individual. So that was sort of the last straw. You had lots of Tory MPs coming out doing the circuit of TV saying, he didn't know, he didn't know, he didn't know. And 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 then suddenly the prime minister remembered or or was told, oh, yeah, actually you were told that there were some issues there. And then they all had to say, oh, you know, wait, we're changing our stories. So it was more of a continuous egg on the face for those who supported them. That's why you saw that massive revolt of all of those cabinet ministers, ministers, aides, even special travel envoys saying, I don't want to serve under this prime minister anymore anymore. A lot of them citing integrity, uh, the the importance of the office, and that the party itself and and the democracy, the Westminster was being affected because of the leader. So, and it wasn't just that, of course, there was Partygate, similar thing, for saying there weren't mm-hmm. any parties. I wasn't at any parties, and then you know he was at the parties. We saw the pictures, and then he was, of course fined for being at a party breaking his own lockdown rules so it was sort of the the final the final lie if we can say that 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 led the party to say okay no more and you know we no one was really sure when he would resign or if he would resign late last night uh he was pretty steadfast that he was keeping his job
0: so what happens next then crystal i mean will he remain on while they look for a replacement what's the the timeline looking like
1: You know, even that is a little bit um, proving to be a bit controversial. So at this point, he's saying that he will stay on as a caretaker, prime minister, that, you know, it could be a couple of months before the party uh, selects a new leader and that vote is held. But you have to remember, this is a man who is pushed out by his own MPs. So the idea that they would say, okay, so you're not fit to lead, you're not fit for purpose, but you're fit to stay and basically, you know, oversee the working of, of civil servants and government staff is something that we have to wait to see if they're actually going to let him do that, or if they try to fast-track this and, and, and get a new leader selected as quickly as possible. So it could be he might sit there for a little bit longer, he could sit there for a month, so it's sort of a resigning and leaving, but we don't really know when he's leaving. And of course, the way he uh, resigned and his address to the public was also interesting. Never actually saying the words, I resign, never apologizing for all of the scandals that led to him being pushed out, Uh,
0: rather talking about his success and talking about how he tried to fight to hold on to his position. Likely more information and more fallout to come. We'll be following that. Thank you so much, Crystal, for your time this morning. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. You too. Crystal Gumansing is Global's Europe Bureau Chief. The Toronto and Vancouver have been selected to host 10 World Cup games for the 2026 FIFA World Cup. But is the cost to taxpayers really worth it? Joining us to break down the costs to Canadians is Jay Goldberg, Ontario and Interim Atlantic Director with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Morning, Jay. Thanks for being with us. Great to be with you. Okay, let's talk about this. Canada hosting 10 games in Toronto and Vancouver. Just how much is it expected to cost taxpayers?
2: Well, uh, we'll put it this way. For every minute the World Cup games are being played, the 10 World Cup games, for every minute of each of those games, taxpayers will be on the hook for 644 thousand dollars that's every 60 seconds and overall it's expected to cost taxpayers 600 million dollars and that's before all the cost overruns that we know will be coming
0: okay wow so i mean does the money it's coming from tourism jobs you know it'll roll in when the world cup shows up so do those do those dollars make up for this giant cost to taxpayers at more than 600 mil
2: No, unfortunately, uh, it wouldn't. The City of Toronto put out its own projections, and their projections are saying that local businesses could see an influx of $307 million in terms of tourism revenue and people staying at hotels and things like that. But it's expected to cost taxpayers in Toronto $290 million. So that's only a $17 million difference. So if the cost, if it goes 6% over budget, And, uh, you know, the Vancouver Olympics went 17% over budget. Calgary went 59% over budget. So if it just goes 6% over budget, you're at a net loss. And then I think it's also important to note that we're talking about taking money out of taxpayers' pockets to be put in the pockets of some specific businesses. So this is not that, you know, taxpayers are making the money back. This is just that money will flow in. But again, we could still be looking at a net loss.
0: Would it be fair to say, though, that even though it might not be an immediate return, that we would, as Canadians as a whole, and at least the provinces of BC and Ontario, perhaps see a little bit of, you know, good, positive kickback down the road?
2: Well, I mean, uh, that's that's the line that we often hear. But uh, there's statistics even in the United States, for example, that shows uh, cities, when they claim hosting the Super Bowl is going to bring in a whole bunch of money, it's usually only the revenue. is only about 10% of what the city expects. We know that uh, the city of Vancouver had huge costs to uh, run the 2010 Olympics. British Columbia, the federal government, had to give out billions of dollars. And I think it's also important for listeners in Alberta and all around the country to know that they're on the hook for this as well because the federal government is going to be paying 200 million dollars toward the cost of this so people all across canada are going to be paying for the pleasure of hosting just 10 world cup games and we don't even know which teams will be mm-hmm. playing whether it's going to be uh, you know canada big teams whether it's going to be late into the world cup or is it just going to be you know a couple of countries that uh, people aren't all that interested in uh and then the cherry on top of course is that fifa gets to keep the money from the ticket sale. So, you know, taxpayers aren't even going to make up money back through that. So, you know, after you look at all of those factors, it's pretty clear that this is a net money loser for taxpayers.
0: Ouch. Uh, we know jobs will be created, though. And, you know, down the road, it, it does it, it boosts our, our, you know, the world worldview of, of Canada, I would think. But it, it doesn't sound like it's a super, you know, good economic plan, I guess, in the long run, does it?
2: No, and I mean, you know, we had the Vancouver Olympics, obviously, maybe that put Vancouver on the map a little bit, Uh, the World Cup potentially, but again, we're only talking about hosting 10 of the games, so that's 17% of the World Cup games, so a lot of the world's attention will actually be on the United States, because uh, the United States is hosting the vast majority of the games, so again, there's only a few that are being played here, it's not like Canada's hosting the entire World Cup, which, you know, might change the calculus. That might change uh, uh, the fact that we are, um, you know, how we might be regarded in the world. But, you know, if we're, we're literally hosting just 17 percent of the games. It's really questionable whether Canada will really be, uh, you know, exposed to the world and encourage tourism when, you know, it's such a limited percentage of the total games.
0: With the U.S. and Mexico, as you say, hosting most of the games, are they also footing most of the bill? Does it work out equally for everyone?
2: Well, that's another thing. Uh, Obviously, to be able to host the games, we need to have places for that. So there's going to be five games hosted in the city of Toronto. But the city's going to be paying tens of millions of dollars to upgrade BMO Field because there's not enough seats, according to uh, according to FIFA, and they're going to have to add, build some new training sites in Toronto. So there's a lot of sunk costs for this. Uh, if you're if you're going to host the games, you have to make infrastructure investments. You have to level up, and so we're doing all that simply for the cost of having. Five games in the city of Toronto, and so actually the 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 overall cost starts to go down the more games you host, which is why it's even more nonsensical that Toronto and Vancouver are each only hosting five games.
0: I think soccer fans are pretty excited about it. Maybe perhaps not the money side, but Canadian Taxpayers Federation obviously. Then overall, you think this is is not a good move.
2: Uh, Yes, and if we're looking at $600 million, it might even be cheaper to fly some of these people who want to go see the games down to the United States, let them have a holiday, go see some games in the United States, and keep the taxpayer bill out of it here north of the border.
0: All right, thanks so much for your time this morning, Jay. Interesting conversation. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks. Jay Goldberg is the Ontario and Interim Atlantic Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. What do you think? Is it worth it? You know, more debt for the federal government, adding on to what uh, is already blooming out of control. Really, if if not already out of control, but what do you think? Are you excited about it? Would you be going to one of the Toronto or Vancouver matches? Do you love soccer and think it's worth it, no matter what? And and the you know that increase in our uh, how people see Canada on the world stage, is it worth the cost? Boy, that is a whole lot of money six hundred and forty four thousand dollars minute. Businesses right across Calgary really struggling to find staff and that's adding to the problems that started a couple of years ago when the pandemic hit. Well, I saw a post on Facebook yesterday from Stephen Deere, owner of Modern Steak, Modern Ocean, talking about the difficulties of the hospitality industry right now. So we invited him on to talk about it. We say good morning to you. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, how are you? Excellent, thank you very much. Okay, so, I mean, where are the workers? Did did those who were let go at the start of the pandemic just not return?
3: That's
4: um, the million dollar question. Mm -hmm. And, And there's many theories. A lot of people, especially in our industry, because there was no certainty and we were open and closed so many times that people went back to school, people went back home, people went to other places in the world. Um, and some people um, definitely decided to live a simpler lifestyle. So we've had this perfect storm that that we, that we people have just been scattered to the wind, actually.
0: Yeah, and fl- throw in inflation, supply chain issues, and obviously yes. the pandemic. And boy, it certainly has been the perfect storm. What's happening? You've got three locations. Your staff, how many people would you say have come back, or, or, or what are you lacking there?
5: Well, between
4: our three locations, we have about 150 employees um i would say about 50 to 50 to 60% came back and 40% are new um the challenging, I guess, the gift and the curse for us is that with us having multi multi locations with, with a similar concept, we had to make an ultra tough decision. Which is our Stephen Ave location, which is just in the heart of downtown, surrounded by all the hotels, right in the midst of all the stampede action. We've made a decision, an you know, an unthinkable decision, but as I said, an app, uh, to our team, an absolutely necessary decision. We've closed down our Kensington location um, starting today um, and during all stampede, and we shut down our southport location just for lunches to be able to move that staff over to be able to have enough people to run our Stephen Ave location due to the volume um and i think that again that speaks to what's going on um again it's the gift and the curse we're lucky we can do that but at the same time it's horrible to shut down a location but a lot of the mom and pop and smaller independents are really struggling right now because you know in our case we need to, to in our businesses right now we need about 50 people so we need about 35 in the front of house and 15 in the back of house um we've done everything from recruitment running ads um you know talking to talking to anyone that'll listen to us to get them into the industry and there's just not been a lot of success with it currently
0: stephen in your facebook post you said the house of cards is about to collapse in on itself what did you mean yeah. by that so
4: you sort of alluded to it so we have supply chain issues we have massive inflation. We have staff shortages. We have um, what I like to call the COVID hangover that's still kind of, you know, that dark cloud that's um, hanging over a lot of businesses and people. And with these massive staff shortages, you have people working more than they should be or maybe more than they want to be. Um, And it's leading to anxiety. It's in, in our industry um there's already been it's well documented over the last uh, couple years and it's nice that it was finally exposed to the mental illness issues is that when you're pushing yourself and your team and and uh trying to dig out of this hole that you've that's been created over the last two and a half years um people it will continue to force it may force people to leave the industry um even further or and in, in even the worst cases if they fall into mental health issues or something like that again and leave the industry basically there's going to be no one left here shortly if we don't kind of get some help now the government has started to open up the temporary foreign workers program but again in the government there's a fair amount of bureaucracy and you know once you apply it's about three months before you really see any results and you know and we need people now so it's it's just this precarious time in this industry that um, you're really managing um, your mind and your body and your team um, to make sure you can make it through. What we're really doing in the restaurant industry, especially in Calgary during Stampede, is we're sprinting a marathon. And, you know, that that's not a thing, but we do it. And you have to be making sure that people are okay to make it through.
0: You know, we're hearing how difficult it's been just, in, you know, entirely through the pandemic financially for restaurant owners, for the hospitality industry business as a whole. And maybe somebody at home is going, oh, boo-hoo, you own three restaurants. How hard can it be? What kind of a financial hit is this for a business owner like you who's got to shut down locations for entirely or for, you know, lunches, that sort of thing? That, that's got to be a big smack
4: well what I can say about I can say this on behalf of every restaurateur and restaurant employee is none of us are getting rich in this industry and there's a lot of ways to make money or money easier. This is very much a passion industry. Um and yeah, it hurts dramatically to to do this um we're lucky this is you know we do this very simply to be able to take care of the the employee number one to make sure that you know they're in good health and number two to make sure the guest is getting the greatest great greatest experience. Is it a financial hit absolutely um you know will some will the stampede um volume compensate for us? Yes, but in normal terms is that when you can not get your buildings open you know six to seven days a week and have all your sections of your restaurant open, you're just basically killing your profitability and your ability to produce um, income and wealth, not just for um, the restaurateur or the restaurant group, but in terms of us paying GST and taxes and all the other stuff that we contribute as a business to, to, to the economy and uh, the social well-being of our structure, is that you know if every time you can't open up completely, that's costing not only the business money, which puts them in jeopardy of being able to move forward and um, to stay to keep their doors open, it also is killing the ability to generate tax revenue and all the other things that small businesses do for for everybody. So. It's, it's, uh, it is, I, I, we don't expect anyone to feel sorry for us. Um, we never have in this, in this business. Um, we are in the service business, so we are in the service to people, but. It's uh, it, it is a tough go. it's, it's the bottom line. And uh, the 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 sad part is I don't see this changing for for probably you know it'll start getting relatively better in six six months. But I think we have two two years at least of this type of pain moving forward.
0: Well, let's hope everybody who's able gets out and and spends some money over Stampede. Go to your local restaurant, pop in and enjoy a meal, a drink, whatever it is, and support local. Uh, and and as you said in your Facebook post, I'm going to end it with this: the last line in your Facebook post. Be a good and kind guest because we need you to be it's a tough one out there thanks so much for your time Stephen. thank you very much appreciate it Stephen. dear owner of modern steak modern ocean if you're looking to save money and get the most bang for your buck at the calgary stampede our producer for mornings with sue and andy reese schaefer is doing the research for you
5: I'm here with Christian Anderson, manager of communications and media relations for the Calgary Stampede. The Stampede is back to its full glory for 2022. So Christian, how do we maximize our Stampede experience? Yeah,
6: we- many options for people in terms of saving money at Stampede this year first of all with our sneak a peek which happens Thursday we have discounted admission for Thursday uh, from 5 to uh, 11 and then there's our value days of course um, you can check out Kevin Costner at the return of the Calgary Stampede parade and parade to park for free admission until 1:30 p.m. there's Suncor family day on Sunday TC energy community day on Tuesday BMO Kids Day is on Wednesday. You can purchase rodeo or evening show tickets, so the gate admission is included.
5: Um, For those value days, is there like a certain time people need to get down to the grounds to take advantage of them?
6: Great question. So um, from parade to park, um, that's for free admission from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. on family day. Free admission until 11 a.m. with a free pancake breakfast available until 10 while supplies last. On PC Energy Community Day on Tuesday. That's free admission from 10 to 2, which is free gate admission all day long uh, for seniors and free coffee and donuts until 10.30 for seniors as well. Um, And then Bebo Kids Day is free admission uh, for kids 12 and under all day and free entry for everyone until 10 a.m. So um, lots of ways to save at the Calgary Stampede.
5: Are there coupon packs or deal cards still available at grocery stores?
6: So our Stampede Super Pass, unfortunately, um, that's, that's ended. That was our um, pass for unlimited entry for all 10 days for $49. But you can still purchase uh, your Ride All Day Pass, and that's saving you over 25% with the Ride All Day cards, and that's $39.99 plus GST at Sobeys Safeway and IGA, and that will get you on all of the Midway Rides, uh, Games, and uh, the WestJet Skyride as well. And you can also purchase Stampede Bucks, you get fifty dollars in Stampede bucks for thirty nine ninety nine to redeem on rides, rodeos, and evening show tickets, and those are available at Costco.
5: That's fantastic. We're all looking to save money these days. And are there other free things happening at the Stampede? Any free food samples or freebies on the grounds?
6: You'll have to have a look at stampede.com as well, too, for some more information on that. Um, The beauty of the Calgary Stampede is we have so much free programming and entertainment for people. Um, You know, you check out the dog bowl. So those fun dogs um, Mm -hmm. doing all these types of tricks. Uh, There's the F. Um, the Monster Energy uh, FMX show. And, you know, you look at what's happening in the uh, Nutrien Agrium Centre or Nutrien Western Event Centre every day, and there's lots of agriculture experiences for people to see. Uh, There's the Western Oasis. You can have a look at some art and enjoy um, a beverage at the Wine Garden as well, too. But um, that's all included with your admission to Stampede Park. And, of course, uh, music on all three stages, Nashville North. Coca-Cola stage, and the Big Four Roadhouse. So even Kevin Costner and Modern West, his band is free. So if you get here early enough, you can you can catch Kevin Costner for just the price of a ticket to Stampede.
5: That's fantastic. Christian, thank you so much for your time this morning. That was Kristen Anderson, Manager of Communications and Media Relations for the Calgary Stampede.
0: For all the details, go online, calgarystampede.com. Hey, every Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. right here on 770 CHQR, Calgary Next speaks with the movers and shakers of the Calgary business community. This week, the team is taking the show on the road, broadcasting live from the Calgary Stampede. With all the details on what's coming up this week, we're joined this morning by one of the hosts, David Wallach, owner and broker at Barclay Street Real Estate and co-host of Calgary Next. Hi, David.
3: Good morning, Sue. How
0: are you? Excellent. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. If people are noobs, they haven't heard Calgary Next the show yet. Break it down for us. What's it all about?
3: Well, it's all about Calgary's economy, economy and the future of our, uh, you know, diversified economy. That's the goal here in Calgary and uh, we host uh, every week as you mentioned local business owners, uh, whether it's small business, big business, mid sized business, and uh, movers and shakers and uh, business coaches. So it's all about the future of Calgary's diversification uh, of the economy.
0: We know Calgary Stampede is very good for Calgary's economy. So is right. that why you're taking it on the road this weekend, get down there and see it firsthand?
3: well it's uh interesting exactly two months ago on may 7th we interviewed uh the president and ceo Joel cowley and during the interview we kind of discussed the uh, the need to share with the people the way that animals are treated and and the way that they care about animals and they care about the animal athletes and and that's kind of, uh, we challenged him and say why, why don't we do a live broadcast from the grounds and interview a driver and interview one of the uh, rodeo uh, cowboys? And he stood up for the challenge, and that's coming on Saturday.
0: I love it. That'll be fantastic. I think people underestimate, you know, how well taken care of the animals that compete at the Calgary Stampede are.
3: You know, unfortunately, some of those animals are treated better than some of the people in our country.
0: That's true. It is true, very true. Uh, You know, from your experience, David, what are you seeing out there? Does it look like Calgary's economy is, 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 you know, taking a turn for the better?
3: Well, I can uh, definitely testify from my own company, Barker Street Real Estate, uh, our numbers are really, really better than 2019. We see a lot of activity. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see how the impact of the raising interest rates is going to uh, hold, uh, you know, postpone some of the decision-making processes by, by entrepreneurs and by business owners. But overall we really see a big move forward for Calgary's economy. And I think the best way to to recognize it, I'm invited to like 15 events during Stampede, and last year it was, it was two.
0: Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. Uh, I'll see you at some of them. Hopefully it'll be fun. I think, I think that's, you know, part of it is, is that folks are really, as we come out of the pandemic, people are looking to get back into the spirit of Stampede, but also just getting out and being around friends and family and, and, you know, kind of helping to bring this economy yeah. back, spending their money in local businesses, et cetera.
3: Yeah, no doubt that uh, So supporting local businesses should stay. And now that, you know, pandemic is uh, behind us, most of it, let's say, or we have to leave it with it. I think supporting local businesses should be the slogan that we keep on moving forward, because I just want to remind people Calgary's economy wasn't hit by the pandemic, was hit the end of 2014 by the oil crash. Mm -hmm. So we had seven bad years, and now we go back to the Old Testament, we're waiting for the seven good years.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for joining us, David. Appreciate it. Thank
3: you, Sue. Enjoy you tomorrow at the parade.
0: Yes, we will. We'll hopefully see you down there. Thank you so much. That is David Wallach, owner and broker at Barclay Street Real Estate. Also, along with Tara McCool, co-host of Calgary Next. You hear it every Saturday morning at nine thirty a.m. right here on seven seventy CHQR.